Welcome to Force Points to the Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Trexler and Erica Pierce to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Always covered in 15 minutes or less. Now, let's get to the point. Welcome to episode 22 of To The Point Cybersecurity. I am one of your hosts, Erica Pierce, along with my co-host, Eric Trexler. How you doing, Eric? I am doing well. I'm doing well, Erica. So good. So today we have a guest um, that, Eric, I'm actually going to let you introduce. Um, it's a very impressive guest. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Yeah, so I've known Dickie, Dickie George, uh, for the last uh, almost 10 years, coming up on 10 years now. Uh, last seven years at Johns Hopkins, applied physics labs as the senior advisor to cyber, on cybersecurity matters. Prior to that, 41 years in a technical and management and te- technical and management roles at NSA, um, you know, protecting this country and working with cybersecurity, crypto, you name it. Hi, Dickie. Well, welcome, <laughs> Dickie. Welcome. Hi. Uh, thanks for the nice intro. Great to be talking to you today. So, so Dickie, welcome to the show. Um, you, you've got quite a bit of experience dealing with what we what we were just bre- talking about, the good guys and the bad guys. Um, most recently, I guess, in the last couple of decades in cybersecurity. And you've got a lot of experience around being a target. Can you elaborate a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, yeah. For, for the audience, when I talk about good guys, those are the people that are playing defense. The bad guys are people that are playing offense. So a lot of my good friends are bad guys and uh, some of my friends are good guys. Uh, so what it means, well, when, when you're in the cyber game, you have to understand that you are a target. And that means that you live your life in a slightly different way. You have to be careful because you know that you have things that people want and they're going to take every step they can to get those things. And so live your life as a target and understand that there are people out there that view you that way. You're, you're going to be a target. You can't make yourself not a target, but you can make yourself a target that's very hard to hit. And are we targets as individuals, as employees, as government employees? How would you define target? Yes, yes, we are. Uh, every entity in, in the country, government, Industry and industry covers uh, it covers cybersecurity producers, it covers financial, it covers critical infrastructure, and individuals because every one of those has information that somebody else wants, whether it's intellectual property, financial information, personal information, or for the government, strategic and tactical plans. All of that is valuable information for some adversary to attain. So we're all targets. We are. Yeah, I thought, you know, we did a little prep before we um, started the podcast. And so one of the questions we had for you, Dickie, was how not to be a target. And you said that's impossible. Everyone is a target. So I think that's something I, I guess I never really looked at it like that. I always think of how you can stop something. But you're saying you can't exactly stop being a target because as long as you have something that some adversary or someone else wants, they're going to find a way to try to, you know, get, to get at you. Right. And the way we used to think about it back in in the 70s was that there were rules of the game. And as long as you followed the rules and knew that you were doing the right things, you were safe. So at that point in time, it was really the strategic government that was a a target. 
And you were a target, a personal target, if you would allow someone to gain access to that information. So you lived your, your life in a way knowing that if you made a mistake, someone would be there to take advantage of that mistake, whether it's whether it's a lousy password or whether it's drinking too much, getting in debt, anything that someone could take advantage of against you, they would do. And so you lived your life understanding that. It's like in today's world, if you see a cross crossing sign on a street, you assume the cars are gonna stop. And so you walk this, across the street. However, if you're a target, those cars that are coming at you are gonna speed up, not stop. And, and that's the way you have to play that game. You have to play the game that every time you sign on, somebody's looking to take advantage of that. Somebody's going after you and you have to be careful. Take us back to the Cold War days then. What would someone do to become a target? Like define some of the rules, if you would, for an well, example. The, the rules were as long as you didn't make any errors, anything that someone else could use against you, you were safe. You, you lived your life well. You, 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 uh, you didn't get in debt. You didn't have a drinking problem. You didn't have a drug problem. You didn't have something that they could, anything else in your life that they could blackmail you for. If you look back over time, it was people that had character flaws that, that were taken advantage of. Walker needed money. Uh, Ames felt that he wasn't appreciated. Anything that anyone else could play up to, you know, you clearly they don't appreciate you. You're a brilliant person. You should come over to our side. We understand how how brilliant you are. If, if you're susceptible to that, then you are going to do things that are not good for your own country. And by the way, it's not necessarily this country or that country, it's any country. Everybody is a target. Okay, We just happen to be the best target. So, so it's 2019 now. Yes. How have, the, how have the rules of the game changed? <laughs> that was my exact question, Eric. I can see we're in so, sync. So it's Once again, we're <laughs> yeah, in I sync, gonna, Erica. I took the words out of my mouth. How have the rules changed? In, in about 2004, I was on a panel at Georgia Tech, and the topic was new attacks. And, and as, as the panel progressed, I saw that they weren't really talking about new attacks. They were about attacks that I had seen for 15 or 20 years. So what there really were was not new attacks, but new targets. And the methods have changed quite a bit. The rules have really loosened. Every, every new actor that enters the game loosens the rules. People aren't anywhere near as careful. It, uh, I mean, careful in an offensive way. The offense takes much more risk today than they did back then. Back then, if you were caught doing something, it's a bad thing. Today, we catch people every day doing things, and they're really, it's really hard. Um, you know, an example is if, if you were trying to target an individual in the 70s, you would meet them in a bar and try to establish some kind of a personal relationship. That's risky because you're in a foreign country trying to meet a person, or you're, if, if you get caught, you may have trouble doing it again. In today's world, you send 10,000 emails and see who responds. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no risk. It's a completely different game. Is it easier? Um, it's, it's much easier for the offense for a lot of reasons. If you look at it, the cyber world, we've, we've, uh, these laptops allow people into our homes. That, that, that didn't occur in the 70s. People didn't have laptops. Somebody who was coming after you had to meet you someplace in person. 
right. or talk to you on a phone or meet you at a conference, something like that. They, they didn't have this option of doing it impersonally through a laptop and trying to take advantage of you that way. Not to mention the fact that all that information that they would have great difficulty in getting from you personally is sitting on your laptop. And the laptop isn't smart enough to really know how to protect it. You have to tell the laptop how to protect it. And so when you get a button that says, you know, you probably need to push this so you can reset your passwords. You have to think about that and say, really? Because that could not be, that might not be a true button to help me. That might be somebody trying to take advantage of me. Uh, if, you, if you look at all the training we get, they tell you, don't, don't click something that you don't trust. Well, that's like telling people not to eat meat that they know is spoiled. You know, who eats meat they know is spoiled? The whole point is to get you to trust that button so that you will push it and you will be hit. And you don't know the difference. No. Well, and how do we then get back to that previous mindset, you know, where we were, we did have that hesitation. I actually, um, I received an email last week that probably had everything that <laughs> I'm taught to not click on, to not open. Um, you know, it had all of that. And I still clicked it just to see. Because, because of a Nigerian <laughs> prince. Yes, right, right. That had millions of dollars. <laughs> and, yeah. and and then afterwards, I'm like, as you know, I know I should not open this. This was probably not a good idea. But I, I don't know if it's just that curiosity or just that trust. And we've talked about trust a lot on this podcast, but that it's probably OK. I mean, it, it's it's. I, how do we change that mindset so we can better protect ourselves again? So it's it's going to be really, really hard to do that because don't forget, it's not it's not just the three of us that are targets. It, it's the the five year old that is watching videos of animals mm-hmm. because that's the same laptop that it, that his mom and dad used to do their banking on. And so, you know, if, if I think of my kids, my grandkids my parents, it's very different for me and for my kids than it is for my grandkids and my grandparents and my parents. They, they are much more susceptible to that because, you know, the five-year-old, he wants to watch his animal video. If there's a button that says you get to see a neat animal here, he's going to push that button. And you know, my parents, very trusting. It's, it's hard to explain to them that the people are really out to get them. But there are bad guys out there. There are bad guys out there, and and they are willing to take on any target, and that that's all of us, and not necessarily because they want you, but they might want all of your contacts. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they, when you make when you make a risk management decision to take a risk, you are sharing that risk with everybody you're connected to, and and those poor people you're connected to don't even know that they're they're getting that risk. You spent 41 years at NSA, a good number of them as the senior technology director in IAD, the Information Assurance Directorate. Right. What's your guidance? What's your advice? How do we we protect Erica from herself? (laughs) Yes. Well, the big thing we have to do is be more aggressive on defense. Right now, if you see somebody attacking people in this country there is no danger of, of retribution of, of attack back. We have to make it clear that attacking this country is a serious mistake. Uh, one thing I would love to see is, you know, you have a lot of things in your car, like seat belts, uh, lane detectors, automatic braking, things that help the car protect you. 
in, in the cyber world, it's all about you protecting the computer. I would love to have seatbelts, warning signs in this computer to tell me when I'm going to the wrong place. Very simple. If you go to the wrong domain, right? You know, if you're going to .com instead of .com, somebody should, a warning light should flash. You've got a typo there that could get you in trouble. The computers need to be built to protect the users, not rely on the users to protect the computer, because there are plenty of users out there who will not be able to protect the computer against the kind of adversaries we face every day. It's well, interesting. I was I was reading an article about the seatbelts, which were created by Volvo, and there was a there was a debate back in the day whether they released that or not because it could save so many lives. And Volvo, as a corporation, decided to forego monetary gain to release seatbelts to the world to save lives. Right. What's our What's our Volvo? Who does that? Good question. Yeah, um, you'd, you'd love to think that there are people out there that understand how dangerous this world is for the average user and will we'll take that step. And I think that there are already tools that can do some of these things for big companies, for, for companies that know how to take advantage of those tools. But the average home user doesn't know how to do that. It's gotta be, it's gotta be somebody who can make that into a service that's worthwhile for the average consumer. And, you know, there, there, are, there are a lot of really smart people out there. there I, I see them at every conference. This, this young generation that, that lives in this world will automatically know more about it than anybody in my generation. And one of them is going to make this going to make this change. And Dickie, you know, given your government experience, you know, what is the role of government in that? I mean, in terms of protecting us, you know, we, we, we've done a couple of podcasts that have talked about how, um, you know, government has different roles in protecting us from um, things such as, you know, diseases and, and such and natural disasters. But what is the role of government in protecting your average consumer as well as itself um, for, from, you know, essentially cyber warfare that we're seeing, especially from the, our adversaries, right? Right now, so government can can take on a lot of roles. Uh, you, you've you've seen the NIST framework. That's certainly a big step. They did a really nice job on laying out guidelines for people. You should do these things to make yourself safer. So that's one thing they can do. They can encourage research. They 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 can uh, give grants. They could even have tax breaks for companies that do a good job in cybersecurity. They can ensure that people that are contracting the government are doing contracting with the governments are doing the right things from a security point of view to encourage that behavior. Uh, they are, there are already programs where they're trying to raise awareness, certainly in, in the younger people, the, the K through 12, because it's important to do it early. But the big thing they can do is let other countries know that we are tired of being a target and, and there's going to be some retribution. Aren't we all tired? I mean, other countries are being attacked just as much as we are. Uh, not just as much as we are, but they are being attacked, and, and everybody's having everybody's having problems. We're the best target. When you're the because biggest, target, you're the biggest target. You're going to get pe- more people are going to aim at you. So is this a United States problem? Is it a global problem? Do we solve it, you know, ourselves in the United States, or does the does the world have to come together and decide on some standards or capabilities or or some defensive ability? I don't believe that the world will ever come together uh, on, the, on this issue to decide that we're not going to hack each other. And that's just not going to happen. 
Um, I think that it is a global problem. There are people in every country who are targets. This country has, has a great history of leading the world in innovation. I think that we have to be leaders in this area. We need to come up with the defensive strategy that will work for the world, but, but we, we are the people that can do it. You know, we, we have the universities, we have the companies, we have all of the ingredients needed to, to really build that defense. We just, just got to do it. That comes back to funds uh, for companies. It's, is it profitable to do it? For for the uh, for, for academia, it's is that a is that a good thing to do for my career, and for the average person is you know do I do I want to accept the risk or do I want to make make my life online harder, more cumbersome and less fun because I'm not going to click on these links that look really neat. Well, and I think the approach that we see the the government take, you know, over the course of the next few years will be interesting because we have seen in the past um, couple of months, actually, you know, strategies come out from Department of Defense um, as well as DHS that have said, you know, the U.S. now has the tools to actively, you know, react and, and be have have more of a defense when it comes to any cyber attacks. But I, I don't know yet um, what that looks like. But we at least have seen, you know, at least the the, um, the framework for policies to really take more action uh, than we have previously seen. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I was really excited to see that happening. I can't wait to see what really happens. Right. Um, <laughs> I hope it's I hope it's going to work. But, the, you know, that that is a really fun thing to see. Dickie, give me a reality check here. I, I wrote an op ed piece a couple of weeks ago comparing the, uh, you know, John F. Kennedy and the race to the moon, the moon, the, the moon shot to the effort that we, the United States government in this case, probably needs to make in cybersecurity to secure our people, to secure our companies, to secure our, you know, the government, to secure the world, quite frankly. Yeah. I, I, I'm Am I crazy? Pretty, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> I, I, I sound like my wife. I'm good. <laughs> <that enough>. yeah. <laughs> the, the problem with that analogy, and I, and I hear it a lot, is that. That's why the, I wrote about it. You hear it all the time. Shop, the bomb. Those are, in some sense, offensive things. And it's easy to put a lot of money into an offensive thing that you can say, bang, we did it. Yay, let's go celebrate. This is not a bang, we did it thing. This is something where. We've got to do it every day for the rest of our lives. And that's that's much harder than a, than a one shot deal we, where we can go off and celebrate that night that we had a, had a success. So reports, I would say we're, we're losing six trillion dollars a year from the economic losses to cyber attacks. Yeah. For all targets. Is that right. not enough? Six trillion dollars. Oh, that ought to be enough. It's uh, it, you know, it's, it's money. And, and people don't feel that money. Be, be, it, it's like taxes. You're, you're used to living on part of your pay, not all of your pay because there are taxes. This is another tax on our, our way of life because the alternative is we give up the internet and then we're safe. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You can't do it. No one's gonna do it. And, and so we've either gotta pay the tax or find out a, a way to stop paying the tax, but it's, it's not going to be free to stop paying that tax, both in functionality, uh, ease, 
enjoyment of life and in cost. And someone's got to, you know, we need, we need some of the bright young people. And I, I see a ton of those people when I go around college campuses, somebody's going to make a difference. Some, How do we marshal them? How do we bring all these bright people together to make a difference? Who leads? Well, I, th- I think that, that the, there are people out there that care enough about this topic that, that they will try to do things. You, you see all the startups that I see. There are a lot of people out there with great ideas. They've got to have a great idea that works in this, and that, that's going to be really hard. Uh, it, it's going to be hard to, to make us not a target. Mm-hmm. We're always the target. We're always going to be the, the big target. We've got to make ourselves a harder, harder, harder target. And the fact that it's everybody in every instance at home and at work, it's it's not just the big company that can afford it. It's the five person company that is a sub to that big company and can be viewed as an entrance to that big company's vault of information. And you've got to get all those people. So, so Dick, if you had to forecast into the future, I mean, what does, especially from the, the government perspective, what does our cyber strategy look like, um, you know, fi- just five years from now? Have you heard of Mad Max exercises where you, you look at different variables? Yes. <laughs> okay. So it, de- it depends on how those variables go. Okay. If something really bad happens... Yeah, you know, we know our critical infrastructure is vulnerable. Let's say the terrorists change their mind a little bit and go after critical infrastructure and really do something terrible to our to the country that's perhaps even really hard for us to recover from. Um, then, then I can see us having to respond in a in a way that no one in the world wants us to respond. And that that's that's the worst of all Mad Max worlds. If if things just continue as they are. You know, we're we're getting a lot of paper cuts, and I think it continues that way because I don't I don't see the will to do anything. Uh, so that so that's a that's a scary situation for me. The the scarier one is something bad happens and mm-hmm. it leads to a nuclear response, and that you know that's that's chilling just to just to say that. But I can see that happening if it, if it gets bad enough. You know, if we, if we lose the power grid and we think we know who did it. I, I can see us uh, responding in a, in a way that will will change the world, and that kind of, that kind of thing might might change might change the whole target idea if if someone sees that we've taken that kind of response. It also sets a precedent. Would we, you know, would we would we do it again? And and how bad a problem does it have to be? We don't have any rules of engagement right now to know how bad a problem it has to be to get us to respond in a significant way. Uh, let's hope we never find out. That's that's probably the biggest concern for me. One, I, I don't know that we have the right incentive yet to directly address this problem. And two, we're not, we don't have the rules of engagement in place, like you said. So nobody knows what's going to be allowed and what what's going to cr- cross a line or or not be allowed and, and invoke some response greater yeah. than they expected. In, and, and, in prior years, those rules of engagement, those 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 laws, what you can do, what you should do, were more or less internationally agreed upon. 
I, I don't see this problem as ever being agreed upon. The, the cultural differences around the world, the importance of this activity to other countries. Yes, cyber espionage is important to every country on earth. And I think everybody uses it in a slightly different way. Uh, no one's going to agree that 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 hacking to is totally illegal. It's just not going to happen. Right. Right. And sure. that leaves that leaves us in this sorry mess where we are all targets. <laughs> Erica, what did we learn? We're all targets. We're all targets. Uh, I'm crazy. <laughs> I don't click on no, the Nigerian email. <laughs> And uh, and yes, and, and, and time will tell in terms of what will happen. Either will be its status quo will continue or if, if something unfortunately, um, you know, very bad happens, then that's when the strategy seems like it, it actually might then uh, pivot and change. Yes. Dickie, Dickie as always, you have a fascinating view into the reality of the world we live in. You're, you're constantly opening up my eyes. I appreciate it. No, thanks. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate the, the opportunity. <laughs> yes. Thank, thank you, Dickie, so much for being on the podcast. We appreciate it. And we appreciate all of our listeners that continue to tune in every week. And uh, please do subscribe to the podcast if you have not already. And also give us a rating on iTunes. And feel free to drop us a line and let us know what you'd like to uh, hear us talk about. And so with that, we like to keep it to the point. Thank you, Dickie. Thank you. Bye, guys. Talk to you guys uh, next week. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. 